you can um, grab a seat and uh, we'll do some more worshipping in a moment. Oh, yeah. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks, Cal. Thanks, Josiah. Thanks, ball boys, ball girls, everybody. All righty. As you probably all know, my name is Richard. I'm a member of this church. I say that also because... This has been podcasted around the world. So um, I, somebody said I'd get 10 bucks. Brian Abbey said I'd get 10 bucks if I mentioned his name, so I did. Um, that's right, you know, I only do things for money. So, and, um, but it, seriously, it is being podcasted and um, being recorded, if I'm right. Isn't that right, Andrew? Yes, he's looking at me. No, he's not, but that's okay. And, um, but it's great because if you didn't get, especially when you're in a series and you, you, you miss one of them, you do, and like going through like Galatians, it is good just to go back and hearing that one and see how it flows. So um, if you don't have it, or, or do what I've done, I've collected the, like a series and then I, I actually listen to those series like podcasts while I'm walking or driving or whatever. So um, please do that and um, that'll be great. As I said this morning, we're going to do it a bit differently because if you hadn't noticed, we haven't had our worship time yet. I know some of you would, especially that song, I was sitting there going, oh, should we keep on going? But we're actually going to have it at the end of the message, so you're going to not hear a lot about me this morning. So some of you are going, yeah, that's great, Richard. Um, some of you are saying, oh, Richard, we want to hear more of you. Well, come to the coffee shop and I'll talk to you as much as you want, you know. That's the first plug. Um, and another good talker is Selwyn, who owns a jewellery shop in town. So there you go, there's a plug for Selwyn. He was complaining last week, Andrew mentioned coffee way too much and not enough jewellery. So, um, anyway, I'm really digressing off the theme, aren't I? So, but anyway, I'm just getting there. Okay, let's pray. Let's bring this into order somehow and uh, let's see what God's got in line for us. So, let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for laughter. We thank you that we can have fun and we can enjoy each other's company. And uh, God, it is great. And uh, we just thank you. I just love the imagery in that last song, that you can move mountains. You can move things, you can change things, and you want to move things, and you want to change things. It is in your, in your heart and in your desire to do that for us. And uh, Lord, I pray that this morning, that there are, I know there are things, there have been things in my life this week, but I know there are things in this room this morning, that you want to change, you want to move, you want to redesign and um, Lord, I just pray that we are open to that, um, open to myself, that I'm open to it, but we as people in this room are open to you, not necessarily to, to me or whatever, but to your words. Speak through me, um, speak through your spirit, speak through your music, that happens in a minute, Lord, um, and just help us to become all that you've created us to be. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. As I said before, in the middle of a series... Um, secret hiding place and I took the last flyer and I've left it on the counter there but there could be more back there um, but we're in the middle of a series and Andrew started three weeks ago week one and the, the comment that I liked about that was you are called to care not compare and I thought that's a really good point you know we are called to care not to compare and I do suffer from that I do compare myself and 
and I need to care more. And he, he, he unpacked that. You want to hear more about that? Get the podcast. And then week two, which was last week, he talked about um, what message do you want um, your life to speak? What message do you want your life or our lives, your life, to speak? And what are you focusing on in that? So we're talking about our hiding places. And I was thinking about it this morning. Um, and I was thinking, you know, well, what does that mean to me kind of like? And I remembered, of course, and I don't know if you mentioned this last week, but if, I might have been asleep at that stage, but I don't know. But no, I wasn't. But I was talking about, I was thinking about hiding places. And I used to play hide and seek. We all did it, I assume. Yes, no, yeah, we all did, great. Well, I used to do it when I was a little boy, and I've got older brothers and sisters. So my brother Case, who's 10 years older than me, would play hide-and-seek when I was about three or four, and he would be 13, 14. I don't know why he did it. Maybe mum told him or mum paid him to do it or something, but he would play hide-and-seek with me. And I wasn't very good, you know. I wasn't a very good hider, you know. I would, like, hide behind the piano here, but my backside would be hanging out, you know. So he could see me. Right, but Case would go around and go, Oh, where are you, Richard? I can't find you, Richard. Where are you? And it's plain to see that you know, there I am, backside hanging out the piano. He could see me, but he would make a game out of it. He would go, Oh, I can't find you. And I would start making little noises just to make sure, you know, because he wasn't really good at it, was he? You know, at the age of three or four, I didn't think he was good at it. And make more noises, more noises, and eventually he goes, Oh, there you are. I found you, Richard. Oh, I didn't know. I took, it took me so long to find you, you know. And Case would eventually find me. And, and I thought, oh, let's do it again. And we played it somewhat. I mean, I think he tolerated me playing it, you know. So eventually I turned 13 and 14. And um, there were kids that, you know, you know, my mum and dad would have people over from church on a Sunday morning and there were younger kids there and mum would say, you go play off with, you know, Andrew. You know, Andrew's all by himself. Go play with Andrew. Oh, okay, what do you want to, not this Andrew, but let's say, just use it as an illustration. And I go, hey, Andrew, what did you want to play? And Andrew goes, oh, let's play hide and seek. And I go, oh, I know how to do that. That's a simple game. Yep, got it, down pat. You, you go hide and I'll go find you. So, you know, you do the whole thing, you cover your eyes, and Andrew, he would hide somewhere, three, four-year-old, backside hanging out, or he's hiding, but you really can see him. Now, I was a competitive person, still am a competitive person, so I would go, all right, I'm looking for you. All right, there you are. <laughs> Wasn't that hard at all, you know? I don't know why Case took so many times, and then, all right, let's play it again, okay? You know, the kid would hide somewhere, and, you know, I'll count to whatever, and then I'll open my eyes. Oh, there you are, I found it again, you know. And, you know, Case would pull me aside and he goes, that's not the point of the game. I could see you all the time. Every time you play the game, Richard, I could see you every time. But I chose to, you know, walk around. Oh, where are you? Where are you? Oh, there you are. So you need to do the same. And I said, well, what's the point of that? <laughs> you know, what kind of game's that? But that's the game that we used to play. And that's what reminded me a bit about this passage that we're going to look into, about our hiding place, the places that we hide. And um, I want to look at that. Um, I want us to um, open our Bibles. I'm not going to read all of Galatians chapter 2. I want to take it from verses 11 to 21. So if we can get that up there. And I'm also going to use another passage in in, um, Corinthians 2. But I want to look at this and there's one specific verse that we want to talk about. Um, and this is a very interesting passage because it seems to be, it was like two things to me was happening at this time where, you know, Peter and Paul were working at the issues about, 
you know, Paul is saying, you are just saved by grace, you're saved by Jesus Christ, his blood is all that you need, what Jesus has done is enough. And then some of Peter and Peter's mates were saying, yeah, but what about this whole Jewish side? What about the law and all that? And they were bringing that in on there. So that's very much part of this passage. But it gets to the tail end of this passage and Paul just really crystallises it in one, one verse, which is what we're going to look at. So anyway, let's start reading. When Peter came to Antioch, um, to Antioch, opposing him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, uh, from, from James, he used to eat with Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not by uh, Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Jesus Christ that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by, and not by observing the law because by observing the law no one will be justified. If we were seeking, if, sorry, if while we seek to be justified in Christ it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroy, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For though the law, sorry, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ did, uh, died for nothing. And if I could have, um, and then we're also going to look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16, and seven, uh, 16 to 19. So it's first Corinth, uh, Second Corinthians, sorry, yep, um, five sixteen to nineteen. And this is again Paul speaking. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regard, regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was, reconcil was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against them. And he was committed to us, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. When we decide to make Jesus Christ the centre of our life, make him our Lord and our Saviour, if we might decide to make him the most important person in our life, 
He comes into our life. Christ comes into us. It says in Galatians 2 verse 20, if we could have that up there again, Laura, that would be great. 2 verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. And if we could read 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Well done. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Isn't that great? The old is gone and the new has come. Christ, when you become a Christian, when he becomes your Lord and Saviour, when you come connected to God, to Christ, Christ comes in you. He is with you. And like in the illustration I was saying, the hiding place that we have in our hearts and our, and our minds and our souls are only hiding places for you. You could be hiding things in your mind that only you think of. You could be hiding things in your soul and in your heart that only you know. But you're the only one hiding them. Because like in that illustration, like my brother, he would open his eyes and he would see me and he would know it. He knew exactly where I was. And that's the same with Jesus. He knows about your hiding place. He's already dealt with it. He's already connected to God about it. He's just waiting for you to say, hey, this is it. This is the hiding place. So you and me, we're hiding and as I, like um, Andrew brought into the um, into that series, you know we're hiding in the hiding these things in the dark, and we are afraid to bring it out into the light. However, to make it very simple and very plain, see Jesus loves you. He died for you. And he took your wrongs. And he says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, what does he say? You are a new creation. And he asks you to trust him. Now you might be saying, that's great Richard, preach it, love it, it's good and positive, yeah I'm in there. Well, you might be saying, hey, wait a minute. That's just too simple. That's just too easy. You don't know my pain. You don't know the hurts that I've gone through. You don't know the shame that I carry. You don't know how my family makes me feel inferior. You don't know the addictions that only I know about. You weren't there 
when the abuses happen to me. For some of us, and if I could be really honest and blunt, I think for all of us, one of those tags is still there and is hiding. However, if Christ is in you, you aren't defined, you aren't defined by those things. Because he says, the old, the abuse, the addiction, the complex, the shame, the hurt, the pain, the old is away and the new has come. In preparing for it this morning, I um, was having a discussion over a cup of coffee with somebody today, this week, and we were talking about our past. And I said, well, I've got a family do, I was just talking to Fred a bit about it this morning, I've got a family do coming up. And in the past, these things would just stir me up. It'd make me feel inferior again. I would, I would get anxious. They weren't happy events for me. And even now, preparing for the one that's coming up this Saturday, I can feel, I can, it's almost like a bubbling in the background there, redefining who I am. Saying, because I feel like when I get there, they'll remember me as a person 10, 15 years ago. And I've changed so much. I am a new creation. I am different. I have grown. Prayerfully, I'm becoming more and more Christ-like. But they don't see me like that. And that past, that hurt, is defining how I connect with them and connect with other people. And for some of us, it's like that. So what you cling on to could be those past hurts, those um, past pains, the shame. Those things that you cling on to will affect your faith, will affect your trust in Jesus Christ. Because it's what you will draw from. You will say, yeah, I remember back then, that's what happened. And because of that, I'm going to act this way or I'm not going to trust, I'm not going to connect. So you can either draw from these places in your hiding place that aren't new, that Jesus knows all about, or you can draw from Christ. When he says you are a new creation, we're going to start afresh. We're going to start anew. These things, yes, they happened. They existed. They are real. But it's a new, you are a new creation. You are in me. The old has died away and I'm in you. And the thing about it is, the rubber hitting the road, the reality of that is you, I, have to choose to do that daily and if I could be that blunt you and I we have to choose to do that hourly 
because things will come along your path and you'll say, where am I going to draw from? Am I going to draw from that I am a new creation? My identity is in Christ? Or am I going to draw from those past hurts, those past pains, those things that are still in that hiding place? It's up to you if you want to engage into what God wants you to do in those daily events. Again, for me in the coffee shop, that is a discussion. I can feel God say to me, somebody will come in and I'll have, oh yeah, but they remind me of, or what about, or I'm afraid of them in some ways. And God says, but you're a new creation. I'm in you. I will give you the strength. I'll give you the ability. So it's up to me to engage, to step out and engage. I don't mind if he, I don't, hopefully John Paul doesn't mind me talking about it. We were talking about it yesterday. We all have this on a, on a Monday morning. We go to school or we go to work or we go somewhere where there's a bunch of people who don't know a whole lot about God and don't particularly care about God a whole lot. And you're around the coffee machine or if you're around the you know, morning tea table or wherever, or you're just standing next to the computer before school starts or whatever, what's one of the first things that people ask you? What did you do on the weekend? And I know I've done it. Oh, yeah, I had a great weekend. Saturday was great. We had a great day in the shop and had a good night with the boys. A Saturday night and with Jen, that was great. Sunday went to church. And then Sunday afternoon. All right? Sunday afternoon, yeah, slept and watched the movies and had a great time. Or do we say, it's one of those opportunities. God says, all right, I'm tapping you on the shoulder. I want you to engage. I want you to connect. Take those fears away. You're a new creation. How did your weekend go? What was Sunday like? I had a great time at church. Caught up with some great guys. Had a great time with God. I enjoyed myself. Whatever God prompts you to say. It is one of those daily, hourly decisions. Where do we draw from? In preparing for this, I was looking at Galatians 2 verse 20 and um, looking at the Amplified Bible. And when it says to have you know, faith in God or in Jesus Christ, it says to have adherence, reliance and trust. And I love those words and I had to must admit, go back into the dictionary. What does adherence actually mean? You know, sounds great, but what does it actually mean? You know, but like with the trust, you know, it reminded me of Peter. And again, I've heard this story about two or three times this week. Someone and I were talking about it about Peter walking on the water. He trusted Jesus that he could actually do that. And when that trust broke, is that when Jesus left him and walked away? said, I'm sorry, mate, you've stuffed it. No. Jesus is still there, picked him out of that water. Even when he failed, he picked him out of the water. Even when we fail, he will pick us out of the water. He'll be there to pull you out. You can trust him. Talking to, uh, we had a Skype call on Friday afternoon or Friday night with Pastor Joe in the Philippines, and she's got a neck problem, and um, they've been praying about it, 
And um, the healing's been an interesting one because it's like, oh, let's pray for it, let's pray for it. And then on Sunday, she goes, I can't preach. She goes, I can't, I, I actually can't move my neck. So she's like, you know, hi, how are you going? You know, hi, how are you going? I can't actually pivot the neck thing, you know. But so she couldn't, she couldn't move the neck and they were praying for her. And so Joe said, I can't, I can't preach, you know. So Pastor Paul says, no, I believe God wants you to preach. You know, that's what I believe God wants you to do. And I was like, oh, that's great. Thanks for that. So, so Joe gets up there and she's preaching. And as she's preaching, she's trusting in God. She's trusting in Jesus. And she's looking around. She's turning to people. She's preaching. She's giving the word of God. And through the preaching, God is healing her neck. Hasn't got a neck problem. She trusted in God. God told her to preach through Pastor Paul, so you need to preach this message. She preached it, and through the preaching, she was healed. She is healed. Side benefit, God is a healing God. He wants to heal, and He does heal. He wants to connect, and He will connect. I was looking at the word reliance. And then in this, there's the, like the bylines to it. Reliance is, is provision. If, somebody, if you're relying upon somebody, they will provide for you. And what does God provide? He provides not only the physical things, and I sometimes think the physical things are the easy things for God, but He also provides wisdom. He'll provide you wisdom, what to say, when you need to say it. He'll also provide you knowledge. He will do that. And adherence talks about devoting that you are totally devoted to Jesus, that you, um, adherence is also like attachment. And one of those things that when I was thinking about attachment is some things, when they're attached, they live. And there's a living, it's a living thing happening. But once they detach, they die. And that's the same with us in Jesus. As long as we are attached... We will grow, we will live, we will become more like what He's created us to be. The moment we detach, we will start to die. We'll start to shrivel up, we'll start to shrink. It will happen. So this morning's going to be a bit different. I'm going to ask the band to come up. I've still got about another five minutes. And the reason why I'm doing it this way is, I think sometimes what happens at the end of our time together, we think, great, five more minutes, coffee's coming, what are we doing for lunch? And we just move God out of that picture. I actually want us to still have time with God. Connecting with God. We're going to have a worship time in a minute. And it's up to you on how you want to connect with God. In a moment, I'm going to read the passages again. And the Word of God is a living Word. It's a Word that will touch you if you allow it to touch you. He speaks through His words. He will speak to you. And He will speak to you now if you ask on Him. 
as Andrew said last week, if you, and there's a whole lot of verses up the back there, if you call on him, he will speak to you. He will engage with you if you allow him to. We're talking about those hiding places. That's what you can talk to him about and say, yep, I've got some. I've got some things that I am hiding from the world, from out there, or I'm hiding from the people around me. As I said, like in that game, Jesus can see it. He knows it's there. Him and God have talked about it. He's just waiting for you to see it as well and say, I know you see it in me, Jesus. And for some of us, and in preparing for this morning, like this, just, just about half an hour ago, I really felt us who are leaders in this room, sometimes we say, you know, that person needs to be ministered to and that person's to be ministered to. But I've got things that I'm hiding and I don't want people to know about that. What will they think of me? Or I, not that I'm ashamed of it, but I just, I just don't know how to get over it. And we don't deal with it. We help others deal with other things. We reach out to others. But there are things that God wants to deal with in your life. And sometimes we allow Sunday morning moments to go by because we are leaders and we sit there and go, but that's for somebody else. That's not for me. When we have our time of worship now, for some of you, you might just want to sit there and spend some time with God. For some of you, you might want to stand up and sing and actually vocalise, prophesy what is on your heart through this song. For some of you, you need to get real with God and you will want to come, God said, I want you to come forward and make a stand in that way. You need to physically make a stand and say, God, I see this issue. This is a problem. You already know about it, but you're going to help me deal with it. And in coming forward, we can pray for you. And there might be a prophetic word for you. There might be a releasing for you. I don't know. It's up to God to work out how that's going to work. But I want you to know that in Christ, you are a new creation and that he does live in you. That he loves you and has the best in store for you. If I could have Galatians 2 verse 19 and 21 up there please. For through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And if I could have 2 Corinthians 
5, 16 to 19. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. God's reconciling himself. He's drawing him to, to you. He's drawing himself to you. He's calling you. Just spend some time in worship as we sing this song.